This is Tom Thompson, the author of Kickstart. You are listening to On Face Edge with Joe Taylor. You know, even in the film Union Bound, uh, we have a slave mom who's killed in front of the son. He watches his mom being killed. And they're sitting there, and Joseph says to him, you know, I lost my mom too. And, and he goes, with all due respect, you know, you didn't see your mom get killed in front of you. And he says, it was the will of God or something. And, and, wow. and the slave goes, well, how is that the will of God? Yep. Sometimes we don't know. We sometimes don't know the will of God. That's why it's called faith. Hi. Thank you to Tom Thompson for the introduction. Tom was our guest on the last episode of On Faith's Edge. Tom has a really interesting story. At age 61, Tom set an NCAA record for being the oldest person to score a point in college football. We talked to Tom about his book, Kickstart, Overcoming Obstacles, Goals, and of all things, (laughs) poop. (laughs) You can hear that conversation at onfaithsedge.com slash 63. That's on faithsedge.com slash six three. Well, hello. Welcome to the 64th episode of On Faith's Edge. My name is Joe Taylor, recovering atheist and your servant in Jesus Christ. This is your place to hear conversations about God and living a life of faith in Jesus Christ. I tell you, I really love Civil War movies. I'm fascinated by the impact the war had on our society, the debate on why the Civil War, why the Civil War was fought, and the courage that and conviction uh, that came from both sides of both the North and South in the in the Civil War. Well, today we talked to Michael Davis, producer of the new movie Union Bound. It just released on April 22nd. I really like this movie. Uh, the story of Union soldier Joseph Hoover. In 1964, uh, Joseph Hoover was captured at the Battle of the Wilderness and was taken to the notorious Andersonville prison camp. After about four months, he was transferred to, the, to a new camp in South Carolina where he managed to escape. He was aided by slaves and what is known now as the Underground Railroad. It's directed by Harvey Lowry, Union Bound stars, famed director Oliver Stone's son, Sean Stone, uh, Randy Wayne, Isaac C. Singleton, Christian Fortune, Drew Seeley, and Tank Jones. <laughs> Having you on the show is uh, is a little self serving. I'll be very <laughs> honest with you. Usually, when we're talking with artists or authors or business people or producers or whoever it may be, uh, it's usually about a very overt Christian based uh, evangelical type of project—a worship album or a new CD or a or a new movie or or something like that. But I wanted you on the show to talk about Union Bound. I wouldn't call myself a Civil War buff but I am a fan of Civil War movies. And when I found out about Union Bound, I said, I got to have Michael on the show. If for no other reason, to tell me about it before anybody else knows. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Tell us about Union Bound and tell us about uh, the premise behind it, how it relates to the Underground Railroad. Uh, I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, so the Underground Railroad is, uh, is an important part of, of, of our culture in Cincinnati. Yeah, there's actually the uh, the Underground Railroad Museum is in Cincinnati, Ohio. And if you haven't ever been, go see it because it's, it's very interesting. Absolutely. Very, very interesting. So tell us about Union Bound. Well, Union Bound is based on the actual diaries of a gentleman by the name of Joseph Hoover, who was from Utica, New York. 
And these um, diaries survive today. The descendants of Joseph Hoover still own them, have them. I've held them in my hands. And he went to war in 1862 to join the, the Union Army. As many men of the time, um, the government was paying quite a bit more than they made as farmers. So it was a, there was, I think, a dual reason why he joined the Union. One, obviously, was to fight for the preservation of states, which was what the Civil War really was about, and also to, um, to help his family. And uh, he kept, he wasn't the most prolific writer, and you're not going to see, he's not going to, you're not going to see books published by him or anything, but he was very meticulous, and other than a few moments in the entire war, um, he didn't miss a day as far as entries. So these are his personal journals. Personal journals. Yeah, it's very didactic, you know, a lot of it was, you know, it rained today. Um, other days it was we marched for so many miles and we did this, we did that, and that was it. And then other days it goes, you know, he gets into a lot more detail. Um, what I found fascinating was, I tell people this, not in a funny way, but if you've ever seen the movie Forrest Gump, he, the movie Forrest Gump shows up in all these key moments in American history. Um, and in a way, during the Civil War, Joseph Hoover was in lots of places that, of huge importance. Um, his company was um, arrived late to Gettysburg, and they um, he didn't fight in Gettysburg the actual battle. Um, they were in the reserves, but they did do the they chased the Confederates at the end of that battle. Um, but he was he wrote about it, watching the battle. Uh, he had entries of what was going on and some of the carnage. And later, he was captured at the Battle of the Wilderness, and that's where we pick up our film. He was uh, captured and taken to Andersonville, uh, which was a very notorious uh, Civil War prisoner war camp. Thousands of men died there of starvation and just deplorable conditions. And he was there for about four months. There's only one or two entries while he was in Andersonville um, that he talks about, and mainly because there was a lot of uh, what they call raiders that would prey upon the soldiers that were there, the captive soldiers, for food and, and different things. Uh, and, and really, it was kind of a mafia that ran it. As a matter of fact, if you ever watch the movie Andersonville, that talks about all the, that strife mm-hmm. that was happening, and men were actually hung by their own, um, by a, a, a peer of, of theirs there in the camp. And that was one of the only entries that he talked about is he writes about those men being hung in Andersonville. Shortly after that, he was transferred to Florence Stockade and uh, up in Florence, South Carolina. And together with a friend, they faked that they had dysentery. They went into the hospital and and, uh, were able to escape through the back of the hospital into the marshes of South Carolina. Um, At that point... They, they were, you know, on the run. And, uh, and that's really where we pick up the story. We pick up the story from uh, him being captured at, at the Battle of the Wilderness. We talk about him being taken to uh, the stockade in Florence and then escaping. After they escaped, after a couple of days, they ended up on a plantation home. And once they got onto the plantations, they, they were pretty much saved by, um, by the slaves. The slaves would eventually got them into the Underground Railroad. They ended up on one plantation at one point, and the plantation owner, um, uh, Mrs. McIntosh, who he talks about, um, invites them in, feeds them, gives them a bath, uh, new clothes, treats them as though they were equals, mm-hmm. you know. Um, meanwhile, she's called the posse, and there's a slave there 
Jim Young, who really is, the, in my opinion, the hero of the whole story, he wakes them up and says, you got to go now. And, we gotta, and he ends up running with them. He escapes with them. Wow. Which, from the, in a little bit of, I know we're going to talk about some faith and some different things, but you know, to me, that was a huge faith moment because he put his life on the line for two white men who he didn't really know. He gave up everything he knew because most slaves lived on the plantation. They, they, didn't, they were taken there. Many of them were born there, had never left. They wouldn't go far because, A, they didn't want to be, if you were a runaway slave, you could be shot, hung, um, beaten to death, uh, a lot of you know, things that would prevent you from wanting to do that. So they really didn't have an idea what was around them unless they were one, you know, one of the slaves that took product to the market or something like that. But on the average, a lot of them you know, only knew the environment, that, they, that area. So for him to just like give up everything and run was a huge self-sacrificing thing in his diaries does joseph hoover indicate why he does why not. this slave did this he does not interesting but that's what saved his life because yeah. he would have been taken back because a posse was coming right and at that point then they they're running and then the underground railroad gets them all the way to newburn north carolina which uh newburn was ha- is known historically as one of the cities in the south that had the most freed and escaped slaves in um in the south and so they made their way there and that's the story that we tell um he later uh, the diaries continue and later he was um after this episode that we talk about in union bound he rejoined his unit he was actually shot uh, found the guy that shot him took him prisoner uh, before he went and got dressed at the hospital um and or taken to the hospital um, and for his valor in that, in that conflict was given the Medal of Honor from the state of New York. He then was in the hospital, which is now George Washington University in Washington, D.C., where he watched the funeral procession of Abraham Lincoln in 1865. He was, he was shot shortly before that himself and was recuperating in the hospital when, when Lincoln was shot. Um, there's another, the family believes, there's been a lot of research done. I mean, there was over 10 years of meticulous research to find literally hundreds of documents that have him placed in these locations that completely corroborate his his diaries, which, by the way, have been seen by the Underground Railroad in Cincinnati, the museum there, Mm -hmm. um, and the Smithsonian, and curators that both um, have indicated that what makes this kind of story special is that we know that the Underground Railroad helped slaves escape the South. But there are, this may be one of, of very few, if any, uh, written documents that talk about Union soldiers being helped through the Underground Railroad right. to freedom. Um, and that's what kind of makes this a little bit different. Is there, a, is there a sense that this was isolated or that this was a, this was a, no, a, a part of they the mission that, of, the, of the Underground Railroad? They think that it was, it may not have been a frequent thing, but it wasn't an isolated event. Uh, most likely many, many other men were, were, were helped through this process. That's a story that really needs to be told. Yeah. That really is. Well, it's something that people don't know about, you know, and, and it it is, you know, several curators that I've even talked to at the Museum of History in North Carolina, he's like, this is amazing, you know, that we have this, this document and you can actually see the, the diaries, you know, they're there. Um, There's, there's some folklore in the family, you know, tradition, from stories that have been told over the years that there was a third diary, but they think that that may have gotten lost if he actually had one when he was shot because they would have ripped his shirt off to dress the wound. Right. 
You've, you've been involved in projects uh, A Long Way Off, Destiny yes. Road, yes. Uh, Christmas on Highway 101 featuring Winona Judd. Yeah. Why was, this, why was this film so important to you? Well, like yourself, as you said earlier, you're, uh, you love the subject of the Civil War. Right. I've always been intrigued by the, the, um, the subject of the Civil War. Um, and believe it or not, from a very kind of bizarre way, I grew up in, I'm originally from Brazil, uh, South America, and I um, went to an American high school in Brazil, and a lot of missionary kids went to that school. Um, also, uh, my father was a businessman in Brazil. Uh, my dad was British, from, uh, worked for a British company down there. And so there was a mix of business kids with um, MKs at this school. Mm-hmm. And one of the MKs um, ended up, was friend, or the father of one of the MKs that were, is in my class. They, um, they were from the South. And there was, there was a town in Brazil called Americana. And in Americana, um, which is an untold story about the Civil War, was founded by Confederates that fled during the Civil War. At the time, Brazil had a king, and the king of Brazil offered, uh, it was actually a U.S. senator from, I believe, Alabama or Georgia. They went, two shiploads of people went from the United States to Brazil, and the king gave them large tracts of land in exchange for them teaching the Brazilians how to plant and cultivate cotton, which they had no idea. And that's why today Brazil is one of the biggest cotton growing companies or countries in the world. And Americana was founded by the Americans, and that's why it's called Americana. And there is an obelisk there to this day that shows the founding families that came from the south to Brazil. And there's the Confederate flag is on there. And, and to this day, you can go and there are stores that have, you know, Antonio Jones or uh, so it's a mix of Brazilian names now with the still the American last name and I was kind of immersed into the Civil War through the experience of having gone to visit that town with those those people and of course learned about it in school going to an American high school in Brazil and I've always had a passion for it and when the descendants of Joseph Hoover um, Pam and Bill Jay came to me and said after making Destiny Road they had seen the, 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 there had been quite a bit of media in, uh, in the town where I live about it. Um, and we shot part of the movie in downtown Wake Forest. And so it became this big buzz in the town that, you know, Hollywood had come to this small town in North Carolina that uh, they approached me and said, hey, we've got these diaries, you know, this story. And when they started showing me the diaries and his medals and photographs, I mean, they have countless volumes, uh, three-ring binder that is just full of information. And even at, in the early, he died in uh, 1927 or, yeah, 27, I think. And in the, a couple years before that, he was interviewed by a newspaper. And so there's an article about, you know, of his interview post-Civil War now in, you know, and his reflections of, and it was, it's, it's just truly fascinating, you know, that they had all this material <laughs> And so when I read it, I was like, I want to tell this story. Union Bound, the movie is, is not overtly faith-based, but it does have a faith element to it. Sure. What would attract people of faith to Union Bound? Well, I think t- uh, several things. Um, it promotes a lot of Judeo-Christian values um, in terms of honesty, integrity. There's a very poignant moment in the film where after they've escaped, Tom who's his buddy that escaped with him, says, you know, now we can just kind of fade into society. Maybe we can just go back to our lives before the war. 
And he says, no, I signed up for three years. I'm going to muster out in three years. I made a pledge. I made it. I gave my word. I took an oath. You took an oath. We need to finish this. We need to go back and continue fighting. And I think that that's an, as simple as that may sound, it's, it's almost something that's being forgotten by society today, that your word is your bond. When you say you're going to do something, you do it. Um, when you promise or, you know, make these representations that you follow through and which I think is a very important Christian <laughs> principle. And, and I think that we've lost some of that, not necessarily Christians, but society in general. So I think this film is one that I think if you are a believer, you, it's a great film for you to take a non-believer to see because it's going to weave some faith elements into it without being overtly in your face. Right. Um, I, we, I'm a believer that when you make a film you want every moment to be as real as possible. You want the audience to experience the realism of what it was. So when we have battle scenes, yes, we had 50 cannons, 250 horses, 7,000 men shooting guns because I want it to be real. But then when they're in the hospital scene and this man is dying who's lost a leg and he's confronted with death, which was surely to come upon him in those days, he had he was at the end of his life and in it we wanted, so we actually had a pastor, uh, uh, her name is Sherry Morris, she's been in several Christian films, play the part of the nurse who, and when she did the scene, I told her, it's not scripted. There's no script of what she prayed. And I said, please pray what you feel God was telling you to, to pray with this soldier. And so it is real, so that when people watch this, they can feel the realism and the reality of this, that it can portray itself. And I think that that's a moment that shows Christianity at its fullest. So there's a scene in the movie where a dying soldier gives his life to Christ on his deathbed. Yes. And that scene was non-scripted and done by an actual pastor uh, in, a, in, a, in, in such a way that being, being led by the Holy Spirit. Correct. At that moment to do it. Yes. So there's no, there, there, there's no other scene like that it's it's that's fantastic. Yeah, that's, that's the only scene in the film man. that is not scripted. It just says she prays. That's fantastic. You know, and I said, Sherry, you just you go with it. You know, what you feel led to do, you do. You know, I don't. I, we're not gonna. We're just gonna let it roll, and you do it. That becomes more powerful because it, it's more believable. You are you're brought in. I think you know, like you said, the Holy Spirit is takes over at that point. Michael, are are, are you a Christian? I am. Okay. How did you How did you come to believe in Jesus Christ? Both my parents are, were believers, and I, like I, uh, I went to an American high school um, in Brazil that was a Christian high school, and so from a very early age, we were taught Christian principles, the Bible, and all mm -hmm. that, and uh, you know, so I kind of grew up in it, uh, but I really made a, a conversion experience at one of the youth camps that we had, uh, a youth leader from uh, Youth for Christ who kind of ran the camp that... Uh, after a campfire uh, meeting, he and I went and, and prayed together. So that happened as a teenager? Yep. Is that right? About okay. 14. But I had already grown up. I mean, it wasn't like, I didn't have this big, ah. You're right, yeah, right. I was kind of already it's, it's, it's on amazing. the bottle, so to yeah, speak. Yeah, I'll get you drinking the Kool-Aid, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We all think about conversion experiences as these running down the aisle, the lost the lost soul Paul, giving us the you know, yeah, on, yeah. on the road. It, to, exactly, exactly. Right. Since that time, kind of growing up as, as a believer, have you ever had a time yourself where you questioned your faith or, or even the existence of God? Um, yes. You know, when my father passed away, it was, you know, some, it was very sudden, you know, 
And I think that's a question that a lot of people go through. Um, I don't think, it, and I don't think it's wrong for you to, you know, uh, I think it's healthy sometimes for you to reevaluate and repurpose yourself. Um, uh, you know, even in the film Union Bound, uh, we have a slave mom who's killed in front of the son. He watches his mom being killed. And later, they're sitting at this um, uh, wall, you know, waiting as part of, uh, they, they're told, you know, go to this spot and, and another slave is going to meet you there to take you to the, you know, it's like the chain and the Underground Railroad. And they're sitting there and Joseph says to him, you know, I lost my mom too and I grew up without a mom. My oldest sister, I'm one of 13 brothers and sisters. My older sister became my mom and kind of took care of us younger ones. And, and he goes, with all due respect... You know, you didn't see your mom get killed in front of you. And he says it was the will of God or something. And, and, wow. and the slave goes, well, how is that the will of God? And so he questions, you know, his wow. own faith at that moment um, because it would have been so, you know, real for him to do so. Why would his mom, you know, who right. hadn't done really anything wrong because she harbored them in their house, the, the slave master kills her in front of him. You know, that was the only reason. And, and he goes, you know, but the reason she, you know, he, they learn from that experience. And so I think it's, you know, yes, we've questioned our faith at times. And I think, you know, you repurpose yourself and go through that. I love the, I love the connection you make to the movie. Right. Michael, we have, a, we have a significant percentage of people who are not believers or they're seekers. What would you say to somebody that is right on faith's edge, uh, making that choice to believe or not to believe in God? Examine, take the time, you know, even like in the Civil War, so much of what is in society and taught in schools today is wrong. There's, it's become so disjointed what people say the Civil War is about, simply about slavery and the reason that we went to the, the war was because of slavery. And it's not true. That's not the truth. Mm-hmm. So seek the truth for yourself. Go, you know, read the Bible, talk to people, investigate that's what we had to do to find the true story of Joseph Hoover. Is we, there was ten, 10 years of research to get to the point that we could corroborate what's in the diary with actual facts of actual historical moments. And we can place Joseph Hoover in every one of those without a single hesitation. So do the same thing. Yeah. And I think for those that are, like, that are the believers, you know, love those people. Absolutely. That's all you have to do is love them. Absolutely. Don't be- you don't have to agree with them. Regardless of who they are, what their background is, what they believe or don't believe, just love them because that's what we're commanded to do. Usually we stop at this point, but I want to ask you a question about <laughs> Union Bound, okay? Right. Um, and about the, about the Civil War. Uh, so this is a little out of, out of, out of rhythm for yes. our audience. Usually I they like are. Being out of rhythm. Yeah, usually they're, they're, they're listening to the closing music right now <laughs> because we've asked the final question and they know, they know that it's time to get out of the car and go to work or whatever, <laughs> but hold but, on. Yeah. But hold on. Be late uh, today. I, I, I want to talk about, I want to talk about the civil war and what the civil war meant to the progress of American culture. Well, I think <clears throat> first of all, the civil war was about the rights of States. Um, it was about, um, a number of other economic issues at, of the time. And if you really read into it, slavery became a, was a byproduct of that. And obviously the South was upset because they depended on slavery for their commerce. Um, and so that, but that wasn't necessarily the reason why we went to, why there was the war. Um, it has become more p- 
popular and, and easy to for people to say, well, it was all about slavery and you know and 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 human rights and this kind of thing. But uh, so that's you know, and there's a lot of things. I mean, we could we could spend several podcasts probably talking about it. But in a nutshell, you know, it wasn't you know, slavery was not the the key issue for the Civil War. What it did do, though, it completely revolutionized, you know, the, the loss of life. More men died in the Civil War than all the other wars that the United States has ever fought since, including Afghan- up to Afghanistan and Iraq and all this that's going on against ISIS. So um, if you put in perspective in terms of ratio of people, if, if that war happened today, something in the neighborhood of 35 million people, men in the United States would be dead. Wow. That's the kind of chunk would have been taken out of society. And you got to remember, too, that it, with the advent of uh, machine guns, which the first machine guns were used in the Civil War. That's not counting men who are men, maimed, Right, that's what I was going to get to. Okay, I'm Correct. sorry. I'm talking men that died. Yeah. Then you've got, because of the advent of like the re- uh, repeating rifle and other um, Gatling guns and things that had never been, they were invented because of the Civil War. Those, those armaments... All it was a race for it was an arms race at that point between the North and the South, and they created all of these weapons, which have then subsequently been modernized to what we use today. Um, but a lot of it comes from that moment, you know. Um, and so many men were maimed, so many men, you know, if you were a farmer and you lost an arm and you had to go back to your farm, what did you do? You couldn't farm anymore. So a lot of families had to, women were put into positions of work. They were put in, you know, nursing, uh, factory workers, all this. They had to fulfill those roles. And that's why later, you know, 40, 50 years later, in the Second World War, you've got these, you know, pictures of women with their showing their arms and their strength because Rosie the Riveter is yeah, that it? yeah because those yeah. are all those are all the descendants of directly from the civil war because there were no men to do it right it was more because they had to fill the void and and that has and then so you from the civil war you have all of the civil rights movement comes out of that women's rights movements comes out of that there's a whole you know it's all that can be traced boom to that moment so that's why to this day, the Civil War is such a important and keeps coming out. You know, there's constantly stories. Not only is Union Bound coming out, there's at least two or three other. Matthew McConaughey is doing a huge Civil War movie that comes out later in the year. Thank goodness. Uh, but which I'm, I'm happy to promote because it talks about Civil War and I yep. love any of that, anything that has to do with it. So, Michael, I cannot wait to see Union Bound. April 22nd. Can I just make one other plug? May 2nd, the book, Union Bound, hits all the bookstores of the country. It's available on Amazon right now. Okay. At Union Bound, the book, will also be available. Nice. God bless you, brother. Appreciate it. You know, Michael talked about the scene where a dying soldier was praying a salvation prayer with a nurse. Uh, what makes this scene so powerful is in the background, the main character, Joseph Hoover, prays that prayer along with him. It's a great moment. I like this movie. The movie hits theater. Uh, it actually hit theaters on April 22nd. Check it out. I think you'll like it too. The movie's website is unionboundthemovie.com. That's unionboundthemovie.com. This link, as well as all the social media links, can be found in today's show notes at onfaithsedge.com slash 64. Well, that'll wrap up today's show. Thank you to Michael Davis for being with us today. And thank you for listening. You mean a lot to me, and you mean a lot to the show. God is real. He loves you. 
and so do I. God bless. Thank you for listening to On Faith's Edge. You can subscribe to the show via iTunes, Stitcher Internet Radio, or your favorite podcast app on Android, Apple, or Windows devices. To reach out to Joe or leave comments about the show, visit onfaithsedge.com. You're important to us, and we would love to hear from you.